Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to talk about this film. I'm genuinely disturbed and like I was saying, it's ironic, but like I was saying in the Don't Breathe 2 review, I don't get scared and like deeply disturbed that easily. But I guess there's just something about movies lately completely terrifying me and really, really disturbing me. Right now, I'm trying to keep it together. I'm trying to keep a cool head. I'm dying inside. I'm genuinely screaming and aching and just feeling so much pain. I'm terrified. I'm genuinely scared to sleep tonight. I've got Moana on right now. It was a toss-up between Frozen and Moana. But in the end, I've decided with Moana because I watched Frozen after watching It a few years ago. Yeah, that scared me at the time. I was very scared of clowns. But then It Chapter 2 came out and I wasn't scared anymore. But yeah, Frozen helped with that first film. So I think Moana, Moana's best for now. I haven't even mentioned the film. I have not mentioned the film I'm talking about. I wonder if I could go the whole review without mentioning the film. Because I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it, but I'm gonna. It's something else. It really is something else. So I went to the cinema today. I went to see a double bill. I went to see People Just Do Nothing, big in Japan, followed by the film I'm going to talk about, which is The Night House. Now, The Night House is a film that I heard about a couple of years back. Well, last year, it was January 2020, when it premiered at Sundance Film Festival. And immediately it was kind of on my radar, because the reactions coming out from seeing it right there were insane. People were saying it's terrifying. They were getting scared. They were wetting themselves. They were thinking it's an absolute nightmare. And I was thinking, okay, you hear about this all the time when people hype up these, literally what I'm going to do, people hype up these films saying it's terrifying, it's the scariest thing ever, blah, blah, blah. And then you watch it and you think it's not really that bad. This is the film that is just too scary. And I have had a nightmare during it. I've had the worst experience of my life at the cinema, possibly ever, but definitely at the cinema. Because I do feel that the film may be different watching it at home. That being said, I watched the trailer for the first time when I got back, and that still terrifies me. So I think it would be just as scary at home. That being said, there's no denying that at the cinema it's that atmosphere, it's that environment with other people getting scared too. There is that heightened sense of how you're actually going to react to a film. So, yeah, I'm trying to take it with a pinch of salt. But at the same time, I can't escape the fact that I've never been more scared in my entire life than I have been when watching this film. And it kind of just snuck up on me, even though, like I said, I knew about this from early last year. So I don't know why I'm actually that surprised. But nothing can prepare you for genuinely how scary and how well made this film is. This film is exceedingly well made. It's one of the best horror films I've ever seen. But at the same time it's one of the worst. Because it does cross that line where it's just too f***ing scary. It's genuinely so terrifying. I cannot recommend it. But I can but I can't. I don't know if I want anybody watching this film. I don't want to watch this film ever again to be honest. I'm kind of intrigued by it but no. Just no. I'm steering well clear of this film for as long as I can. Because I've seen it once. It's completely haunted me. It's probably going to haunt me for a long time. That's it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to watch it ever again. 
And yeah, usually when I think about horror films like this, give it a couple of weeks, maybe a few days even, and I watch it again, and it doesn't really hold up as well. It's never as scary. I'm too scared to try it with this film. You know, for the foreseeable future, I'm never going to watch this again. The Nighthouse, let's talk about it in detail. This is the spoiler review, by the way. You know, a few minutes in, I should have said that, but... Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm genuinely on edge right now. I'm on edge. I'm going to get into some really juicy gossip about how I experienced this film. Probably going to be laughable, but yeah, I'm honestly right now. I'm so f***ed. So, The Nighthouse. It's directed by David Bruckner, who... I wasn't the biggest fan of his previous film, The Ritual. I thought it was good, but I didn't really understand the major hype for it. It was kind of just a bit of an average, creepy, supernatural horror. It was good, but it's just not the best. Like It owes a lot of what it is down to the Blair Witch Project and those films. So I do feel like it wasn't as good as it could have been. But it was fine. It was okay. I liked the cast. But yeah, this one I was still looking forward to. I didn't watch any trailers for it. I was avoiding the trailers. After hearing about how scary it could be for people, I thought I'm going to avoid the trailers. I'm just going to go in blind. I saw a couple of stills from the film. But all I knew was that Rebecca Hall stars in it. And that's literally it. That's all I knew about going into it. And Rebecca Hall, honestly, I'm going to praise her throughout this review. She's amazing in this film. She's amazing anyway, like, just regardless, she is an insanely talented actor, and she's great in one of my favourite films, The Gift. If you haven't seen The Gift, go and watch The Gift, because there are some elements that reminded me of The Gift during this film. This is just jacked up on steroids to be way more terrifying. The Gift is a real psychological thriller. This is a psychological horror with completely mind-bending afoot so it's really just insane it's insane this film is insane but yeah rebecca hall fantastic actor i love her i think she's amazing in everything iron man 3 especially as well she's great in that she doesn't have a big enough role in the marvel universe but she's great in what she is in in the little bit of iron man 3 so yeah rebecca hall she carries this film so well this film is really possibly her best role yet it's very possibly her best role. I think my favourite is still The Gift, but that's purely because I hate this film. I hate it, but I love it. So I am going to criticise it. I am going to praise it. I'm on the borderline of thinking it is way too scary for me to enjoy and for me to say it's good. But at the same time, that's what it's going for. And when you've got a horror film that's scary, that's good. Like, surely that's a great thing. Either way, this film is her magnum opus. This film better, God, it better get her a nomination for an Oscar or whatever. She deserves it. She really deserves it. But I can see it now. I can see it happening. Same thing happened with Tony Collette in Hereditary. Same thing happened with Lupita Nyong'o in Us. Same thing happened with Florence Pugh in Midsummer. These amazing women are going to get overlooked because it's a horror film. And I don't know why horror films get overlooked at the Oscars or any awards ceremony for that matter. But... And you've got these amazing performances from these female leads. They need recognition and they need praising. They need rewarding somehow. And yes, word of mouth is good and people generally praise them. The consensus is hugely popular. But at the same time, I just want more. I just want them to be properly recognised and rewarded by the Academy for what they're actually delivering. And what Rebecca Hall does in this film, incredible stuff. She deserves a nomination. She deserves to win. She honestly deserves to win. This is the best performance I've seen all year so far. 
And it's funny, I've just recorded my review for Respect today, and I was talking about the lack of very good performances this year so far. Then I went to see this, and it just blew me away. She's fantastic. She's so good, but she's so unsettling. And her character, she's been through a lot. So she's essentially a grieving widow, and her husband, after killing himself, does he haunt her? Is it him haunting her? This is a question. Oh god, I'm getting shivers. I'm getting shivers. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's similar to The Invisible Man. Okay, so if you've seen The Invisible Man, which you should have because that's an amazing film as well. Elizabeth Moss, there's another one. Overlooked at the Oscars. This film reminded me of The Invisible Man because she's being haunted by this supernatural presence that she believes is her husband in the next life or whatever. It's terrifying. It's absolutely scary. I do not like it. I do not like the way this film made me feel. Because you're scanning the room. The same thing happened with the Invisible Man. You don't know where he is. You don't know what you're supposed to be looking at. You're scanning the room. You're scanning every single frame. Trying to find something. Hoping nothing's there. But scared that nothing's there. And the whole idea of nothing. This film terrifies you. With the whole ideology of nothing. Literally nothing is scary in this film. And that's me saying everything is scary, but nothing is. Because nothing... Yeah, let's talk about nothing. The main gist that I gathered from this film is the demon that's haunting her, this whole supernatural being that is haunting her, it's nothing because what she reveals is she died, technically speaking. Her heart stopped when she was younger for four minutes. And in that four minutes, she felt nothing. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. There was no heavenly gates or whatever. There was just nothing. It was pitch black nothingness. And that's what this demon is. What this tormenting creature slash supernatural presence is, is nothing. It's that same feeling that she got. And she's been carrying it with her ever since that fateful day that she, you know, died, relatively speaking. So the idea of nothing, I hate it. I hate it so much. And when her husband kills himself, he leaves her a note and in this note he says something about you were right nothing is after you you're safe now but him saying that you were right because she's proved to him that nothing comes after death this is really a big ass metaphor for grieving for depression for suicidal thoughts and it's really deep but at the same time it's just a balls to the wall scary horror film and i don't know how they've managed to do it where it is both one of the most terrifying, well it is the most terrifying film I've ever seen. There's no denying this film, hands down, is the scariest film I've ever witnessed in my life. Like genuinely, yeah, yeah, honestly, like throw my hands up, I was not expecting this and it terrified me. So while it is this absolutely awful horror film, it is kind of a beautiful metaphor. Well, not beautiful, it's not beautiful. It's just a very powerful metaphor for dealing with grievance and loss and pain, torture, torment, demons, your inner demons, whatever. All that stuff. It's... Oh, God, it's terrifying me. I'm going to start crying again. And I say again because let's get down to business. I've never cried at a horror film before. I've never been so scared that I've cried until this film. And honestly, I was crying for about an hour. This film is an hour and 40 minutes long. Well, 47 minutes long, I think. I'm pretty sure from about the 40 minute mark, the most terrifying scene happens. The scariest thing I've ever seen happens. And it is... I'm going to talk about it because it's a spoiler review. You know how in films, in horror films especially, when you've got like a big jolt, a big jump scare... 
there's usually a really loud noise, a loud bang. There's that, but for 15 seconds, or it feels like an eternity, but it's literally about 15 seconds, and it's just that constant droning, shrieking noise for that long. That length of time, I'm getting goosebumps right now. To have it that length of time is awful. It's terrifying. Because one second, or like less than a second, that horrifying jump, you know, that really loud boom, bang, that always makes me jump. You know, every single time, no matter what, I don't care, it makes me jump. This bit made me more than just jump. This bit made me almost scream. I was borderline screaming, and I started crying. I've never done this before, but I started crying because I was so scared. And I did not stop crying. I did not stop crying for the rest of the film. There were constant tears streaming down my cheeks because of how genuinely scared I was. And I could have walked out and I should have walked out. I was going to walk out and then it started getting better. And then as it started getting better, it just got immediately worse. I hate it because the jump scares. What this film does is it doesn't rely on the conventional jump scares. It changes them so well and it changes your perceptions of everything. You're never expecting what's going to happen. You're constantly on edge. It's just so unnerving and tense and unsettling. But because it defies the conventional jump scare themes, you're not expecting any of them. So it will be just broad daylight. You're never expecting it. And then a loud bang will happen. It's horrible. But like I said, the scene, this jolt, I don't know how far into it. I think it's about half an hour, 40 minutes, let's say. She's resting her head on a friend's knee who's comforting her. And out of nowhere, it's like, a jet engine is going off in the room. It's such a loud, monotone, shrieking noise that lasts for that 15-second period. Why? My question is, why? Like, it's horrifying. It's like she's being abducted by aliens, and there's blinding lights at times. There's this real sense of what the f*** is going on, and I do not know what the f*** is going on. I did not know what the f*** is going on throughout any of this film, but it's just mesmerising and terrifying, and I hate it. It's going to linger with me so long. I cannot understate how terrifying this film is. I know people say it all the time, and I know I'm just saying it, and people are going to witness it and probably think, yeah, it's not that bad. Get over it. Get a grip. I'm sorry, but I've never been this scared in my life. Never been this scared, ever. And I don't think I'm going to be this scared for a very long time to come. This film is a different breed of horror. This film, let me talk about what this film is. It's the perfect combo. Well, I say perfect, but it's not. It's the most horrifying combination of three films in particular. Hereditary, The Invisible Man, and Sinister. Now, as I was watching it, I was getting a lot of Sinister vibes. And I was lucky enough to see Sinister at the cinema last year. For the very first time, actually. Even though it came out in 2012, I hadn't watched it until this cinema screening. So I was terrified by that. I thought it was very, very scary. But yeah, there were a lot of reminiscent vibes in The Night House. I felt too sinister. Like watching back old tapes. The whole idea of creeping around your house at night, not knowing if you're alone. Yeah, that was very reminiscent of Sinister. Same goes for Hereditary. Hereditary is just horrific. It's awful. I hate it. That was the last film to genuinely disturb me, aside from Don't Breathe 2. But, like, in a scary sense, that was the one. Hereditary was the one. Now, Hereditary, it does make you think what's going on in the frame. And there is a horror to be seen within the house. The house itself is kind of a horror character. What the Night House does 
is something completely unique I've never seen done before. In Hereditary, there were occasionally scenes when characters would be hiding in the dark in a house. That's scary to me. You just see them out of the corner of your eye. Very, very, very well hidden. That's terrifying. This film, The Nighthouse, has a different kind of horror. The best way to describe it is architectural horror. The architecture of the home, that's what's scary. I can't talk about it right now. I can't talk about it right now. Okay, okay. I've got shivers. I've genuinely got goosebumps again. I don't know why talking about this scares me so much. But I'm honestly on edge. I'm on edge right now. And Moana is not helping. I think her grandma is about to die. I may have to watch this a little bit. Yeah, she's going to die. Oh dear. She's given the heart of the... Why am I talking about Moana? Architectural horror. This film. What it does is... Rebecca Hall is walking around. And she'll stop. And in the frame... The way something in the house is situated, it could be a column, could be a door frame, could be a handle. It makes it seem like somebody's standing there and it makes out a silhouette of a person. No, I can't, I can't, I can't. I think I'm going to have to stop for the night. Okay, okay, okay. So she's walking around the house and and she will just see these like silhouettes and these faces and it will just move or it will just jolt. It will just come towards her. I hate the way they do it. I hate the way they do this so much. <sighs> Hang on, I need to pause this. I need to pause. I need a break. Okay, I'm back. The thing is, I can talk about Hereditary so much now. I can talk about it fine. And yeah, it's quite scary still. But at the same time, I can talk about how there's the grandma hiding in the dark. You can only just see her if you turn the brightness up really high or if you really squint to see her. But I can talk about this fine. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. Every single time I think about talking about a scene from the night house, not even talk about it. Every time I think, I get jitters and I get this cold shiver go down my spine. Oh, okay. Let's continue. I want to talk about one scene in particular that just completely shattered me. And it's annoying because at first I was thinking, thank God. Thank God it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then, <laughs> then it goes to a place where it's just so much worse than you could possibly imagine. So much worse. She's in the house with Owen. Owen is her husband now. He's dead. He's still dead at this time. So he's not really in the house, but she can feel his presence. And she's crying and she's delivering such an amazing performance, Rebecca Hall is. And she's crying out for him saying, where is he? Where is he? And she looks at the mirror in the bathroom and he's written on it here. She walks towards the mirror and she turns around and she can see footprints on the floor and she can feel his presence. She can feel him. The way this scene is done, the way the performances, the way something to do with the CGI or practical effects, whatever, to make it feel as though somebody's running their hands down Rebecca Hall's arms and across her neck, across her face, whatever. It's mesmerizing. It's incredible, but it's terrifying at the same time. But I don't know how they've done it. I don't know how they've managed to make it seem as though she's touching somebody and she's being held by somebody that is not there. The Invisible Man. Okay, this is what I mean. It's the Invisible Man. And at this point, I am scared, but I'm thinking, thank God. You know, it's kind of a nice interaction between them. And then, oh, oh boy. She says something like, I love you, Owen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't. This is the bit that just completely f***ed me. Okay, completely and utterly messed me up. And he, in this voice throughout the film, I should mention, he does speak in this really deep supernatural voice. It's like an alien speaking to her. It's like, 
go to the window, the boat. It's really quite creepy. It's really scary. And so all of a sudden she goes, I love you, Owen. And he goes, oh, I can't say it. I can't say it. I wish people actually understood how genuinely terrified I am right now, in this moment right now. Compare this to when I was watching the film and it was ten times worse. This is bad now. If you think this is awful, you should have seen me during the film. I was an absolute wreck. She goes, I love you, Owen. And he goes, I'm not Owen. <laughs> oh, God. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just get out. Just get out. She runs out. But the bathroom door slams shut. And she's trapped in there with him. And at this point, we find out it's not Owen throughout this whole film. It's not Owen. It's this demon that's been with her that is nothing. This is nothing. This is the embodiment of nothing that she first met when she died. Oh, my God not owen it's i'm not owen and then it goes into this weird dream sequence there's a lot of dream sequences in this film which are awful completely and utterly up but this one is on another level and when we see this interaction finding out who owen is well not it's not owen even finding out who this demon is i should say and it's taking us through the house and there's so many other different women in there and this is a really clever thing he's done this is a really really interesting plot point i don't know if it's justified but yeah let's talk about it right now what happens throughout is owen he's seen taking pictures and she finds out on his phone and on his computer there's a ton of pictures of different women on there that look like her but that aren't her and she's thinking he's having an affair and he's this bad guy that's doing these bad things it turns out okay it's messed up okay he's been killing these women He's been killing these women because he knows what's haunting her. And he thinks that if he kills some people that look like her, this demon that's haunting her is going to go away. Because what this demon wants is to go back to her and for her to come back to him. If she kills herself, if she dies, then that'll be that. There'll be nothing together and it'll be back to the way it should be. So what he's doing is, what Owen's doing is, to protect her to save his wife, he's killing these other people, trying to trick the devil, trying to trick this demon. Yes, that's not justified that he's killing all these people, that's really bad, but then you can kind of understand why he's doing it, and it's honestly kind of incredible. You've never seen anything like this. I've never, ever seen a film quite like this. It's so many different films, but at the same time, completely unique and original. God, I hate it, but I love it. Oh, hang on. I may have to pause this again. Maui singing, you're welcome. Here we go. We've got to sing it with him. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. <laughs> Open your eyes. Let's begin. <laughs> yes, it's really me. It's Maui. Breathe it in. I know it's a lot. The hair, the bard. <laughs> when you're staring at a demigod. What can I say? <laughs> you're welcome okay okay i need to get back to the review sorry about that you can't beat a bit of your welcome though it's the best song disney have come up with in a very long time see i need to watch this film because of how scary the night house was to me and yeah where was i anyway i was talking about this demon and how owen killed these women to protect her then the demon drags her through the house and oh my god there's the whole mirror house reverse situation this film is just tantalizingly clever 
with how the whole reverse situation works. I guess the night house itself is a flipped mirror world of the real house that she lives in. And he's orchestrated this house. He created it from scratch and he's made it as kind of a maze and to be just as intricate flipped. So when she does go into these dream sequences, everything is flipped, everything's reversed and she's watching these things happen. But it's sometimes a completely different person or she's watching it happen in like a mirror reflection. Very tough to explain. She's watching from the outside looking in. That's the thing. And there's one shot in particular. She opens this door and she looks at the person on the couch and it turns out it's her on the couch. And the transition is so seamless that she wakes up from sleeping on the couch. She looks at the door and there's nobody standing there, but it's just swung open. And that's because it was her opening the door, but she's looking at her sleeping. And now she's woken up, but she's not there at the door. <laughs> like, what? What? How have they done this? How have they crafted this? I'm both impressed as I am tormented by it and traumatised, genuinely traumatised by this film. God. The cinematography in this film is just insane. The cinematography and the directing, hands down, some of the best I've ever seen. Let alone any horror film, but just in general, some of the best I've ever seen. The way it's crafted, the way you're watching things happen but flipped. I, I honestly don't know how to explain it. It's just watch it or watch the trailer because the trailer does a very good job of showcasing not too much but just enough to grab your attention and introduce you to this flipped world so i'd say yeah watch the trailer but also be careful because it's still a terrifying trailer <laughs> trailer is awful <laughs> trailer is so scary <sighs> yeah yeah it's amazing it's amazing but it's just awful i i i don't know i do not know on the one hand, I want to give it five stars out of five because it impressed me. It terrified me. It's everything you want from a horror film. It's one of the most unsettling, unnerving, linger with your horror films ever. But at the same time, I'm never going to watch it again. And I never want to think about it. And it is going to properly give me nightmares. So I've got to give it like one star or something or no stars even. I don't know. Either way, I've got to give this film credit for what it deserves. Performance. Rebecca Hall. Supporting cast too. Amazing. Sarah Goldberg and Vondi Curtis Hall. Oh, Hall. There's two Halls in this film. Rebecca Hall and Vondi Curtis Hall. I don't think they're related, though. Somehow, I do not think they're related. That being said, Sarah Goldberg and Vondi, they're amazing. Two very, very good actors playing very, very good characters in a very, very good but bad film. One of the actors is from Bowery, which is an amazing TV show. She's great in this film. I'm glad to see her getting more roles outside of Bowery. The neighbour is great. He's fantastic in this film too. At times I can guarantee everybody's thinking he's the demon. He's behind all this. He's going to end up killing her, kidnapping her, whatever. He's a problem. He's not. He's not a problem. And he's just a fantastic character in this film. But Rebecca Hall, there is no denying she carries this film. She really drags it along and she drags you along with it. And I'm not happy about it, but... At the same time, I am, because I'm always willing to be dragged along with any film that Rebecca Hall is in, or involved with. She's directing, she's got a feature film directorial debut coming out on Netflix in a couple of months, I think, passing. I'm excited for that. It's going to be completely different, but yeah, Rebecca Hall in horror films, The Gift, now The Nighthouse, she does good. She does really good. I think people need to talk about her more. Like when you talk about best performers, and I mentioned this with Forrest Whitaker in Respect, when you mention best actors, Rebecca Hall needs to be in that conversation. 
She's fantastic. She's consistent in every single thing. This film is just ugh, madness. Absolute madness. And the way it's all framed to make the architecture seem terrifying. I hate it so much. I hate it so, so much. Because now I'm going to be scared looking around my own home. Like if I can see a silhouette of something. Or if I can see a shadow or whatever. That looks ominous and looks suspicious. I, I am going to be haunted. I think a lot of people will be haunted. Because... Like I say, I remember reading about this when it premiered at Sundance. And one of the reviews mentioned how people were terrified, people were walking out and people were screaming. Me. That's me. Me during this film. It's all of that. All of the above. I should have walked out. I should have walked out. But I was just curious to see how scary it could have been. Uh, nothing can prepare you for this. Nothing can prepare. I'm feeling... Uh, what's the word? I'm feeling really nauseous. I'm feeling quite lightheaded just thinking about it. I'm going to take another break. I need to take another break. I'll be back. I'll be back. Okay, guess who's back? Back again. Yes, it's me. So, what I want to say is about how, yes, this film does fall into the trap of having these just sheer loud moments to try and scare you. Like, you know, big loud bang, scary, whatever. Ooh. But at the same time, it's scarier than any other bang you've ever heard. Okay, that's the thing. Like, any other film could do this and it would just be a really boring and dull you know, stereotype of a horror film but with this film it's so jarring and it's so terrifying it just imprints into your goddamn brain and scars you just absolutely scars you it scars me can't stop thinking about it and i want to forget about it jeez so what makes this film so special is how it does have these moments where you know like any other horror film it's just a little bang but it also has these moments where it completely flips on its head what you're expecting. Expect the unexpected because this is the most genre-changing, unexpectedly horrific horror film ever. I do keep saying ever, but I am confident in saying ever because I personally have never had an experience like this, ever. Like I said ever, I, I've got to stop saying ever. I'm stopping saying ever from now. No more ever. Never ever. But I, I mean it, okay, I mean it and... I've seen a lot of horror films at the cinema, I've seen a lot of horror films at home, and yeah, I get scared, you know, quite a bit, I guess. I jump quite a bit, that's the thing, I jump a lot, but what it takes to genuinely disturb me and scare me is a lot more sinister and a lot more darker, and this film just nails it, but also completely f***ed me, because I don't want to feel this way, but it makes me feel this way and I hate it. So thanks, but no thanks, yeah, thanks a bunch, don't really want to feel like this at all, but it makes me feel like this. And I hate it, but I love it, but I don't know, I don't know, oh god, okay, but yeah, it really changes everything you're expecting, and you will be surprised by a lot of it, you will be thinking, yeah, this is obviously going to lead to this, quiet, loud, quiet moments, of course, it just changes everything you think you're expecting, it really just defies all expectations, like, you would never call everything that's going to happen, maybe some early on will gather what's going on, but I sure as hell didn't. I'm pretty sure a lot of people won't, but there will be some that think, yeah, I know where this is going. Either way, during scenes, you still don't know where things are going. You do not know where a scene is going to end, and that's the scary thing, because you just want to know. Most films do this where you're kind of entertained by the fact you don't know what's going to happen. This is the kind of film where you need to know what's going to happen, because the fact you don't know what's going to happen, it's a horrible experience, because you just are genuinely terrified. I was close to screaming, and there were so many times when scary things would happen, 
and I had my mask on, but I was just shrieking, and I was just honestly really sad, like really upset, really sad. This film kind of awoke something within me I didn't know was there, with the fact that I cried at a horror film, because of being so, so scared. I've cried at films for, you know, being sad. I've cried at films laughing, you know, I've cried with laughter. I've never cried out of fear. Never until this. So, yeah, brilliant. Thanks, David Bruckner, for directing this Nightmare Fuel. Thanks, Rebecca Hall, for starring in this and being so unsettling. And she has these scenes with her friends when she's going out to get drinks. And it's an uncomfortable situation, of course, because her husband's died. And some people may not know how to act around a widow so soon after. But her performance is just mesmerising. Because she could be laughing, or she could be saying these things in a way to make you feel reassured. But at the same time, you're thinking, is she just going crazy? That This is just messed up. This is so whack. This is awful. I don't want to be watching this. I don't want to be witnessing what this character is going through, what she's been through. Just, no. And as I was saying, she needs, she needs, she needs an Oscar nomination. She needs something. Just give her anything. Give her all the awards. Give her anything please just please for the love of god i've had enough of these performers getting shut out this needs to happen change needs to happen just do it just oh my god please please she should have won it for the gift she honestly could have got one for the gift but i am biased because that is one of my favorite films either way please for this film just recognize her just recognize her recognize what she's putting into this role because there's a moment when it basically looks like there's a full-on exorcism going on. And at that point I'm thinking, what the f***? What you're watching beforehand is this psychological horror that's manipulating what you're watching, what you're seeing, with this architectural nonsense horror. But then it gets to the real juicy exorcism stuff, and I'm thinking, what is going on? Like, what? Is she being controlled by this demon, even though it's not real? It's just... When she's dreaming, I don't know, I don't know what the logic is behind it, but at the same time, I like not knowing. I like the whole idea of ambiguity to an extent. Most of it is cleared up, most of it's explained, most of it's wrapped up by the end of it, but also what is going on when she's like bending over backwards and getting her bones crunched or whatever. What is going on when she's actually having that full-on exorcism moment? Because I sure as hell do not know. I would love to know, but... At the same time, I was just too busy screaming. God, this film, this film. I think I'm going to wrap this up because I don't want to talk about it anymore. And honestly, there's probably a ton of stuff that I haven't even mentioned, but maybe it'll be a surprise. I mean, chances are you've seen it if you listen to this, but yeah, maybe I should leave it and try and think of anything else. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. And the thing is, I did not want to record a review for this film. I went to see it quite late, I think it was about 20 to 9 the film started, and I thought, yeah, I'm just going to go see it and I won't bother doing a review because, yeah, people may not have heard of it, people may not know what it's about, so I thought I'll leave it because I've already got so many reviews to edit and record at the same time, this one will just be adding to my plate, and then I saw it, and because it has messed me up so badly, I just have to talk about it, and I have had to record this, obviously, hence I'm saying it at the end of the goddamn review, Kieran, well done, big brain time. But yeah, it genuinely surprised me how deeply messed up this film is. But kind of beautiful, kind of personal, I don't know. There is that whole metaphor, and I mentioned it quite near the start, but there is a whole sense of dealing with grief and 
how she is alone now. But they keep talking about like sleep paralysis and the opposite of sleep paralysis even. So with sleep paralysis, your mind is awake, but your body's asleep. But then she was talking about the opposite. So your mind is asleep, but your body's awake. And I think that's just whack to think about. That is so crazy and so mental, but kind of understandable. Because what you're witnessing her go through and what you're seeing play out, it's just all so crazy. It's all so crazy. But yeah, in a nutshell, on paper, this film is both terrific as it is awful. It's awfully terrifying, but it's terrifically terrifying. I don't know. I do not know if it's good or bad. It's a very well-made film. It's a very, very well-made film. It's a very well-acted film. Everything, technically speaking, is tremendous. It's so well-made. The music as well. I haven't even mentioned the music. The music at the start, so prominent, so chilling, but so simple. And a lot of the time, the lack of music too, because it builds so much suspense when it's just deathly silent. And then it's just deafeningly loud at times. It's insane. The two ends of the spectrum are balanced so well. It's very similar to A Quiet Place with how the silent parts work so well to deliver that tension and rattling sense of kind of just uneasiness. Same thing happens with this film. So it's really, really well crafted in that sense. And the ending... Yeah, I should mention the ending briefly, but I, I liked the ending. I did really like the ending. I know a lot of people are going to think it's too blanket-like. There's not really a... There kind of is, but the, the ending is tricky. The ending is very tricky to think about. I think it could have gone one of two ways. So, yeah, I forgot. This is the spoiler review. I can talk about it. So she's about to kill herself, and she decides not to. Now, I think if it had ended with her killing herself... That could have been extremely powerful, very shocking, but a real sense of, wow, like, this film is dark, this film is crazy. But the fact that she doesn't kill herself, I'm glad about, but then it's still so scary that this demon is still going to be there. Because the very last shot is of the boat just rocking in the water, and you can see a shadow, you can see a silhouette of a person sitting there, but nobody can actually see it other than her, presumably nothing has to be there for it to be scary and that's the thing nothing it's nothing okay this whole being is nothing oh that's mental to me that is actually disturbing on a whole other level whole other level god it's it's messed up if you don't feel the same about this film as i do i'll be very surprised because yeah i do have a tendency to not overreact but overindulge myself in this sort of thing and like get too heavily invested or involved but I do feel that people are going to be scared by it I do think people are going to think yeah this is one of the scariest films in a long time because it is it's very very scary it's so scary and that's what you want from a horror film that is what you want but this isn't what I want this is not what I wanted at all this is too scary it was too bad I'm just not going to get over every single thing that happens. From that jolt of 15 second constant just shrieking noise to the whole silhouettes in the rooms and making out so a column in the middle of the room added to the door frame looks like the shape of a person side on. Like their nose and their mouth and their forehead. That is just, oh God. How? Who has thought of this? And how have they done it? How have they done this? It's ridiculously incredible but i i tip my cap to them i take my hat off i salute them for it 
But I also wish them nothing but pain because they caused me a lot of pain during this film. And I can't believe I cried. I can't believe how much it made me cry. I'm going to wrap this up. The Nighthouse. If you've seen it, you know, tell me. Like, I need to talk about this with somebody possibly. Maybe it would help to get it off my chest. That's what I'm hoping this review has done. So by talking about it, it'll kind of release it. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it has because I still get nervous. I still get the jitters. Oh, God. Anyway, The Nighthouse is, yeah, you know, you know by now. On the one hand, I love it. On the other hand, I completely despise it and I never want to watch it again. All I know is this film is one of the most amazingly crafted horror films in years. It's so original, so original. It hurts. It genuinely hurts how original this film is, but it's fantastic. Directing is amazing. Writing is amazing. Editing, cinematography, score, you name it. The production design, Jesus, the production design, the set design, the architecture of the house itself to be this other character. Mad. Insanely well detailed. But Rebecca Hall, standout, standout performer. My favourite performance of the year, I would be hesitant to say. She really does deliver. Possibly my favourite. So I've been terrified, and I've also been Kieran, and I shall speak to you if I don't quit because I'm too terrified to talk about anything else ever again. I said ever. God damn it, I was doing so well and I said ever. But anyway, I shall speak to you in the next episode, hopefully, of You Can't Handle the Truth.